Hey, strangers. Welcome to another episode of The Strange Sessions. I am Krista, and with me is someone I like to refer to as Tenacious K, <laughs> also known as Kurt. That's awesome. Thank you. <laughs> how are you doing, Kurt? Good. How are you doing, Krista? I'm fine. I'm a little disappointed that you're not wearing the pajamas that I requested. Oh, the um, ones for my Facebook picture? Yes. I should really post that in the strangers group you should, there because there are some people. They would it was love a picture of me that. as a little kid smoking my dad's cigar. In like the rocking the seventies seventies baseball pajamas and his little afro, his little my blonde fro. my little blonde afro. <laughs> I had like a crazy head of blonde hair when I was a kid. I did too, actually. Can you believe that? Seriously? Uh huh. I had blonde hair when I was little. Any hoozles? Um, that surprises me. I pulled up to pick Kurt up today, and he's like signaling for me to roll down my window. <laughs> And he holds up this container and he's like, should I bring these dark chocolate covered pretzels? <laughs> and I said, what kind of question is that? <laughs> well, it was a of valid question. Maybe you, should may, bring maybe you don't like dark chocolate. <laughs> I have, I bought them at Walmart and I bought them for us. And then I'm walking out and I'm like, crap, I don't know if Krista likes. I feel like you don't know me at all. Kurt. I don't. We need to, we need to get to know each other. <laughs> yeah, we do. <laughs> now you know I like dark chocolate covered anything. I prefer just regular chocolate, but dark chocolate's okay. I think it's a female thing. My husband prefers milk chocolate, and milk most of the females so I know prefer dark chocolate. I don't know how I feel about white chocolate. I, it's not actually chocolate. It's not by actually the way. chocolate, but sometimes <laughs> but I really I think like it's it. Delicious. Sometimes I don't. It's actually. I think it's a scientific thing, though, that chocolate, just in general, tri- triggers things in the. It female does. Brain. It's like uh, what, everybody's brain. It well, has. That. I can't females, remember what it's called, though. but it's like the hormone for like when you fall in love or something yeah. like that. But I think it's stronger in females. That's why we like chocolate more. Sweet. Than do. Yeah. And that's it for chocolate talk with Kurt and Krista. <laughs> <laughs> it's a new. Uh, it's our new podcast. <laughs> yeah, or at least a, a small section of our podcast. <laughs> chocolate talk. I love. I could do it. So, do we have any housekeeping? We have shout-outs. We have shout-outs. We have, we have some new strangers since the last episode. Oh, and by the way, everybody loved the last episode. People seem oh, to good. really love yeah. the stories in the last episode. So thank you, everybody that submitted stories for that. That episode was kind of a big hit with everybody. And I knew people would like the subway story because that was creepy as Yeah, well. people did. I'm fascinated with the subway story. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, what was that It's a head-scratcher. It is totally a head-scratcher. So thank you so much, people that submitted. That episode was amazing. But we want to give shout-outs to our newest strangers, and they are Wanda Morrissey, Amy Brabant. 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 That's how I remember saying it. So she's a classmate of mine from you know high school, so I have someone I haven't seen in over 20 years, but... She's really into the paranormal. I don't even know if she's listening to the podcast, but I added her okay. in the hopes that she will start. Well, if she's not, then she doesn't know I screwed up her last name. <laughs> it's all, it all if I'm screwing up end. your name, people, I'm sorry. Yeah, sorry. Some of these are hard. So, and you know, my last name sucks. So I totally get it. Nobody yeah. pronounces my last name right. Except me. And Roxanne O'Loughlin. I think that's O'Loughlin. Is she the one from she's Ireland? She's from Ireland. She's awesome. So thank you so much. Britton Bames. Hillary Novak and Christina Noel Paulici. I think that's you how it's totally pronounced. You totally said that differently before. <laughs> Paulicelli. There you go. I don't know what's correct, but Christina Noel Paul Christina Noel Paolicelli. There you go. That's how you said it the first time. Thank I was you. like, oh, she must be Italian. Like I need to start writing this stuff like how I say it phonetically. Do you know that a lot of people on their Facebook page have oh, how I know. to phonetically I know. pronounce it? We're I not going to take the time to go to your pages to figure that out. It's I could, not I happen. could, but not everybody has that because I haven't not, seen that in everybody's. I don't have it. I should, but my my profile is bare minimum. 
And we also want to give a shout out to our listener, Nick. We want to give a shout out to his sons, Nicholas and Ryan, that up, guys? are young and seem to really enjoy the podcast. And so. I just wanted to add that he said one of the reasons they like it is because it's a clean podcast. We don't swear. Yeah. And the episode that I gave him the shout out in, I <laughs> swore twice in that episode, but that was before we had that conversation. So I apologize. We try to keep it PG. Yeah, we thir- really do try to we keep it We try to keep it PG-13 or we try innuendos that'll go over most young kids. Heads. kids you know, heads. Like most Disney movies, you know, there's always innuendos in there, but the kids don't get yeah. it. So thank you so much, Nicholas and Ryan. I'm glad you guys enjoy the podcast. So yeah. thank you. Did you notice I just compared our podcast to a Disney movie? No, I did not. Well, there you have it. And also want to give a huge shout out to our listener and friend, Stephanie, who sent us an awesome postcard from the Winchester house. Yeah, that is the coolest postcard. It is. I mean, not to be, you know, disparage anybody else's postcards, but it's a really cool one. I would love to visit there. It's on our strangers page. We need to get there sometime. Yeah, I agree. That'd be a great, great episode. We need to quit our, our jobs and go, we need to quit our jobs and go on a strange sessions road tour. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, how are we going to fund this tour? Well, we're going to figure that out yet. I have to start selling merchandise. Yeah. Speaking lots of, of merchandise. <laughs> it's probably being put off to 2019 guys, just because we're going to get t-shirts going and we want to do it all at once and not be just rolling one thing out at a time. So. And let's go right straight into housekeeping because you have stuff. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. News. Exciting news. So if you're a stranger, you already know this. Um, if not, uh, I just wanted to let listeners know if you're familiar with Paranormal Palaver or not, doesn't matter, but it's another podcast that I do um, with the other members of Old School Media, Jeff and Joe, and we have like a season and I don't know if we have a half, a second season recorded and out. And it's already out. You can find it on Stitcher or any of your podcasting apps, but we kind of lost steam and life happened and... One of the guys got married, had a baby, you know, that sort of thing. And uh, but now we're going to revive the podcast. So we decided we're going to start recording again and we're changing the format up a little bit. I won't go into all that now um, because most of you probably don't even know what the old format was. (laughs) But we're on Facebook um, and we're on all of your podcasting apps. So if you're interested, um, the first season to have a Strictly Paranormal, um, the new format will include some other topics like true crime. media like movies and stuff like that so stay tuned i'll i'll let you guys know when we start releasing episodes very cool and if you remember back in the last season of strange sessions joe sat in on the shadow people episode yeah it's always dangerous when joe and i are together because we tend to (laughs) digress digress a lot and there's an episode at least one episode from Paranormal Lava that Kurt was a guest on. Yes. The EVP? Ep- did we do an EVP We did a bunch. Episode? We talked about a bunch yeah. of stuff. We played EVPs. We talked about my Mandela effects. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And uh, I was so nervous doing that. So it's a, so just, it's a little different than uh, Kurt and I have more of a structured, more serious, well-researched <laughs> format. Wow. Jeff and Joe that and just I. Made, <laughs> that just made you guys sound awful. It sure did. Um, we're a little bit more loose and off the cuff, and there's a lot of joking around, and Jeff is a hardcore skeptic, and Joe has the craziest theories you'll ever hear, and I don't know. It just works somehow. It does. It so, really does. So, yeah, stay tuned. It's different sides of the same coin. But I've mentioned several times True Crime Crew, um, podcast that we were working on, we're actually going to build that into Paranormal Palaver. We're going to have a week that we do true crime, so that's where that podcast Sweet. is going to fall. So, and of course, they'll be appearing on Strange Sessions. Yeah, I'll be showing up on Paranormal Palaver. Mm-hmm. 
So it'll be a good time. It'll be a fun collaboration, as always. So that'll be coming soon, so stay tuned for that. There'll be more news about that. Yep. And more housekeeping we have. We mentioned the contest the last episode Mm -hmm. where the winner of the contest gets to pick our 20th episode topic. Okay. And we have a Gmail account set up for that. How this works, it's not really a contest contest. All you have to do (laughs) is email us with your name and what your favorite episode was of the Strange Sessions. And that's just because we kind of want to know what people like and what people didn't like. Yeah. So that's all it is. Nothing difficult. But the address to send your email to for the contest is, and this is all one word, the strange sessions contest at gmail.com. So just drop us a line with your name and what your favorite episode was. And I think in like the 18th episode, Krista and I will, during the episode, we'll use like a random number generator to pick the winner. The winner, yeah. And then we'll get in touch with you and you can just let us know what you would like us to do for a topic. And it can be anything. You know, paranormal, something weird, paranormal would be nice, but anything that you're interested in. Within reason, because we do have kids listening. Yeah. So... That'd be a challenge, right? So we pick some kind of dirty uh, topic and we have to make it We'd have to like dance around that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Don't make us So again, that email address is thestrangesessionscontest at gmail.com. Sweet. And I'll have it posted up on the Strangers and in the Strange Sessions Facebook page by the time you hear this podcast. So send send us some email and you can pick whatever the heck you want us to talk about. Exciting. And And I think that's it for housekeeping, isn't it? I think so. Are we on to our taste test? I think we are on to our taste test. Uh, We are going to try another one of the Asian snacks that our listener Melissa sent to us. And FYI, there's going to be more mention of Melissa later in this episode. okay. And in one of the next couple episodes, I think Brittany was the one that posted to our Strange Sessions page that we need to try the peanut butter mayonnaise challenge oh yeah she posted that oh and yeah i just wanted to mention one of our listeners from the south i can't even remember who it is right now we were messaging back and forth i have to go look she was going to offer or she did offer to send us a specific type of mayo to our p.o box because you cannot apparently in the south eat this kind of sandwich without this specific mayo. do people actually eat this in the south yeah i guess it's a thing and we don't have that mayo, at least at the store I checked. I could yeah. check a couple other stores, but I didn't see it. But yeah, it is a peanut butter mayo sandwich. So I like peanut butter. I like mayo. It can't be bad. I'll give it a shot. So Crystal, I mean, give it a I've shot. I've tried some really disgusting things in this podcast. <laughs> yes, you have. So. so one of our next couple episodes, is she going to send us the mayo? I, I'm formally asking that she send us okay. the mayo because <laughs> okay. when we no get the mayo from her, it. we will try. The yeah. peanut butter and mayo sandwich. I'm going to send her a private message too. Just so bad that I can't remember who it is right now. But but for tonight, we are going to try another one of Melissa's Japanese snacks. And I will reach into the box o mystery. <laughs> box o mystery snacks. Please be good. Please be good. They haven't really disappointed though. They're all pretty good. Yeah, they Oh, the face you're making right now. All right. I have something long and cylindrical in my hand. I bet it's like that corn one. The no, this one, one is like hard. Well, that was hard. Or there's a bag of something. What do you... <laughs> you're feeling something hard, long, and cylindrical. Okay, just saying. <laughs> Keep it clean, Kurt. What do you want to do? The bag? Do you want the big bag of something? Whatever you grab and pull out is what we're going to try. All right. I'm going to pull out the big bag of something. Okay. Ooh. 
It is. Wow, that is a huge bag. <laughs> Giggling, like Thai coconut rolls. Ooh. I don't know if that looks pretty good. pretty excited about that. It comes in a bag Jeez. like potato Try chips. Not to squash them all. They look like little. Um, it's weird because they I look mean, like. It comes in a bag like potato chips. How would you explain that? Let me take a picture. It looks like. What am I trying to they say? They look like egg rolls. Yeah, a little bit like egg rolls that are open on the end. But they're hard like a cracker. Right. Huh. And there's like. What is that? Are Wait a second. Like... Let me see that. Oh, it's not a fruit. That's not a durian. Durian. Oh. oh. Is it? Oh, no. <laughs> Isn't durian that fruit that if you cut it open, you're going to have to basically burn the room down because it stinks so bad? Yes. But it's supposed to taste good, right? I guess. <laughs> Kurt looks like he doesn't want to try it. That anymore. is a durian on the front. It is. It, it says is a durian spiky... right on it. Oh, boy. So this. Well, we'll give it a We're try. We're going to give it a shot. <laughs> yeah, durians are, we talked about them in a previous episode. They're supposed to be one of the stinkiest things on the planet. But it's a, a fruit that you cut into, and the inside is supposed to be really good, but it is supposed to be horrible smelling. All right. Well, hopefully these don't smell bad because this is a small room. Yeah. All right. Do you want to open it? You want to try? You want to open them and sniff them? Oh, you just want me to get the brunt of it. <laughs> I do. But if they if it, it tastes good, maybe it's just the oh, taste. <laughs> there's like a little rip. Oh, <laughs> she's trying to she's trying to rip it open, <laughs> and there's a yeah. No, they don't smell bad. Okay. Is this a resealable bag? It's not. That's not good. Hmm. Interesting. I think they smell more coconutty than anything. Coconutty. Oh, and they I got they got a weird smell. I mean, I, not a bad a smell. Bit. I mean, they have a weird funk to them. I don't know if those are black sesame seeds or. You can blow through them. You can. Come on. It smells a lot like coconut. But there is something hidden under that coconut smell that. <laughs> I'm guessing it's the durian. I'm guessing it's durian. You ready? I am These ready. Crunchy. Okay, yeah, I'm ready. Here I'm we ready. Go. Oh wow! It's crumbly. Hmm. 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 <laughs> it's. I don't know what to say about. It. I mean, it's really subtle. It's. It's good. It's good, but, but there's, there's a there's a weird there is yeah. a weird. But the first crunchy. thing the first thing you get is is coconut. But there's a weird there's sort a of weird, like there's a weird darkness in there <laughs> there somewhere. What does it remind me of? And it is it's like a weird undertaste. Is undertaste even a word? <laughs> <laughs> I actually like these. I do like it too, and it's got really, really good crunch. These are good. Durian flavored. I wonder if the seeds does durian have seeds? That I don't know. It doesn't look like it. It's 46% coconut milk, 23% rice flour, 17% sugar, 5% durian, 4% sesame, 2.85% egg, 1.9% taro, and 0.15% salt. I bet those are black sesame seeds then. Hmm. I really like this. Mm-hmm. That lingering, that lingering whatever that is in the background it isn't bad. It's not enough to it's, deter you from eating it. It's just different. Mm -hmm. 
And you can't like put your finger on what it no. is. Or I can't even describe what it is. No. <laughs> but it's there. It's there. <laughs> we just can't describe it's like it. A... I can't describe it. It's <laughs> <laughs> so weird. I don't know why I can't come up I'm with so like an adjective. I'm so glad we taste tests and we're so bad at describing <laughs> what we're tasting. <laughs> like a punch in the face from a dead fish. <laughs> no, I like this. No, I, think I really, it's really do. Good. Yeah, I can't come up with a description of the, that flavor though. I want to say it's like a savory, like a weird savory kind of flavor. But it's funky. Yeah. There's it's a little got a funk weird there. funk to it. It's got a weird little funk. Sort of like, you know, have you had brie cheese? Mm-hmm. It's almost pungent, but not like a, not like, like I love gorgonzola and feta. That's really pungent, but it's like brie that has this weird sort of. I would totally describe that weird background flavor as pungent. Pungent, yeah. So that must be the durian. All right, I'm having one more. <laughs> I got no problem eating these. I but really, really like the these. Is Durian the name of some kind of spaceship? I don't know. The Duria? Durian? Like Star Trek it's or Star Wars? When you're not eating them, after you stop eating them, there's like a weird little aftertaste. Mm, that's how they get you. You just gotta <laughs> keep, get you. <laughs> just keep eating it. So, Krista, on a scale of one to ten? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> ask her, right? She's got a mouthful of Thai coconut roll. <laughs> I give it a six. Are you serious? Oh my God, did you see this? I'm covered in. Crystal's <laughs> sweater is covered in pieces. <laughs> Literally, like exploded all over my sweater. Oh That's my something God. for later. There's like so many bad yeah. windows. <laughs> you seriously kid. give it Sorry, a kid. six? Yeah. I mean, it's not as good as the shortbread cookie we had last week. I'm gonna give it a nine. I really wow. like. I do really like it. It's I mean, different. The the you know what I'm what I'm talking about the taste in the background. I'm not really complaining about it. It's it makes it different. The texture is very much like a fortune cookie. Uh huh. Very much so. Yeah. Oh. Mm. It's good. I really like these. If that were dipped in chocolate, mm. oh, that would be so good. That would be. Oh. All right. Take note, Japanese people. Dip those in chocolate, and I'd give it like a nine. Then I give this a nine. I really like this. Mm. The more I eat them, the more I really like it, despite the lingering funkiness, funkiness. And, and pungent <laughs> pungency. Pungency. <laughs> so thank you so much again, Melissa, for the box of stuff. Yeah, that's good stuff. There's more in there. I was feeling a lot of stuff when I was reaching around in the box of mystery. Box O mystery. And we still have Liz's box of candies too. So wow, we have the a zombie apocalypse of... happens. We'll be <laughs> We're here. Good. We're good. There's a bag of a box of Cheez Its in there too. <laughs> a so. box of Cheez Its. We're almost at 20 minutes now. Okay. Our, our 15 keeps our turning into 15, 20. Magic yeah. 20. Let's just make it magic 20. We'll make 20. it magic 20. Mag- magic 20. <laughs> Go Brewers. Okay. Anyway. I want to keep eating these, but then they're going to hear me crunching throughout the whole episode. Well, it's mostly crumbs now. What's our topic today, Kurt? Our topic... Uh, we strongly hinted. Yes. Our <laughs> topic the last episode. And... I have a feeling tonight's going to be a good, good night because we're talking about the black-eyed kids, not the black-eyed peas. No. Although Fergie can show up outside my door anytime she wants. What does that look for? Uh, I'm not not a Fergie fan? (laughs) Not really, no. Nope. Whatever. I'll take her ex-husband, Josh Dimmel, though. I don't even know who that is. Hello. Hottie Boo Body. I don't know who that is. He's an actor. What was he in? (sighs) Oh, come on. 
I don't know. A bunch of stuff. I haven't seen any movies since Caddyshack. <laughs> <laughs> so? So let's dance. Every time <laughs> I hear that movie. song, anyway, you want it. Such a good movie. Yeah, it is. Good. I want to come on when you guys do your movie reviews. Okay. Talk about Caddyshack. Well, we're only going to talk about paranormal movies. Oh. <laughs> so. <laughs> so much for Caddyshack. There was like a, what was that, a groundhog or a mole? <laughs> It's a gopher. Was it? Gopher, duh. It was a gopher. I mean, I feel like that's kind of weird that he can <laughs> that dance. That he can dance. And stuff. Yeah. <laughs> that'll, be, that'll be enough somehow. for a topic. That'll be enough for a topic. <laughs> but no, tonight's story is the black eyed kids, as I strongly hinted at in the last yeah. <laughs> episode. So it shouldn't be much of a surprise. No, should not. Uh, I know Krista and Jeff and Joe covered the story on Paranormal Plaver because mm-hmm. Krista was kind of a black eyed kids buff. I can't. I wouldn't say buff. Because I'm not good with facts. Although when it comes to something like this, are there facts? I don't not know. Not a whole lot. It's not even, I'm not even really convinced a this spoiler, is a spoiler, not a whole lot. I'm just really fascinated by the idea of it. And it really the idea of it really creeps me out. Yeah, oh, totally. totally. So. so the story of black-eyed kids seemed to have... Oh, I already screwed it up. I already effed it up. The story of black-eyed kids seems to have started in 1998 when blogger Brian Bethel posted in a Google group about a creepy experience he had in 1996. According to Bethel, one night around 9.30 p.m., he was parked near a movie theater and was writing out a check to his internet provider that he was going to deposit in their outside box. Suddenly, he heard the sound of knocking on his driver's side window. He looked up and saw two young boys wearing hooded sweatshirts. The boys appeared to be around 9 to 12 years old. Upon seeing them, Bethel stated, quote, I was immediately gripped by an incomprehensible, soul-wracking fear. I had no idea why. He cracked his window open a bit, and one of the boys asked him if they could have a ride home to get money to see the movie that was playing at the theater. Bethel says, plausible enough, but all throughout this exchange, the irrational fear continued to grow. I had no reason to be frightened of these two boys, but I was, terribly. He also saw that, according to the theater's marquee, the movie had already started, so driving anywhere and back would mean the kids would miss most of the movie. If I remember correctly, it was significantly into the start time. It wasn't like five minutes into no, the movie. No, it was like, yeah, it was well into the movie. Yeah. Do you remember what movie it was? Oh, crap. No, I don't. Mortal Kombat. Ah, uh, yeah. Yep. yep. <laughs> Bethel went on to say, quote, All the while, the child that seemed to be the spokesman uttered assurances. It wouldn't take long. They were just two little kids. They didn't have a gun or anything. The last part was a little bit unnerving. Why would you say that? I don't know. (laughs) In the short time I had broken the gaze of the spokesman, something had changed, and my mind exploded in a vortex of all-consuming terror. Both boys stared at me with coal-black eyes, soulless orbs like two great swaths of starless night. He's very descriptive. Wow. Yeah. That was very um, prosy. I full-on freaked out inside while trying to appear completely sane and calm. I made whatever excuses came to mind, all of them designed to get me the hell out of there. I wrapped my hand around the gear shift, threw the car into reverse, and began to roll up the window, apologizing all the while. My sorry, f- sorry, 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 sorry. Yeah. <laughs> my fear must have been evident. The boy in the back wore a look of confusion. The spokesman banged sharply on the window as I rolled it up. His words, full of anger, echo in my mind even today. We can't come in unless you tell us it's okay. Let us in. I drove out of the parking lot in blind fear, and I'm surprised I didn't sideswipe a car or two along the way. I stole a quick look in my rearview mirror before peeling out into the night. The boys were gone. 
Even if they had run, I don't believe there was any place they could have hidden from view that quickly. So that's all from Brian. Sometime after his strange encounter with the two black-eyed children, Bethel called a friend of his named Chad, who he had gone on ghost hunts with previously. Chad had two female friends with him, both of whom claimed to have psychic abilities. During the call, Bethel started to describe his encounter above to Chad when one of the women stopped him early on in the narrative to ask if the children had black eyes. Intrigued, Bethel admitted that they did, then asked why she asked that. The woman, a week earlier, had a dream about children wanting to be led into her house, and, though it took her a little while for her to realize it, the children did have black eyes. She kept her house locked up tight. She intuitively felt that if they were to be led into her house, they would kill her. In finishing the story, the woman told Bethel that, had he let them into his car, they would have killed him too. Bethel had told friends of his strange encounter, but after posting it in the Google group, the story began to slowly spread across the internet, finally blowing up in 2013 after several YouTube videos and a story in the entertainment section of the MSN website came out. Shortly after that, horror movies based on black-eyed kids began to pop up. So... I never heard the second part of that story. I never did the either. Psychics. There was one of the one of the sites that I I because his his story was on like almost every site that I looked at. Yeah. But one of the sites had that part, so I thought that was interesting. I threw it in there because. So I'm gonna. It was something different. I'm gonna test your memory. Okay. Because I feel like there's a weird. When did Zozo start showing up on the internet? Um, nineties wasn't it? The late nineties mid to late 90s and when did this guy post on the internet that he had this he posted that this happened uh in a group in a google group in 1998 but this story happened to him in 1996 so they were pretty close to the same time that this stuff started Mm -hmm. happening so there was like google groups in 98 yeah wow yeah Maybe it wasn't specifically the, a Google group as it became called, but it, but was, it was a Google the internet, group. Yeah. A, a, a yeah. chat room on yeah, the Yeah, because I was, in, when I, I was in college in 95, and I, yeah, I, guess we were using... I was doing email and yeah, that's true. Uh, all that stuff. It just, it just brings back the whole point It was point probably of, more like a bulletin board, like a... Yeah, yeah, right. It just brings back the whole idea of, it seems like this stuff popped up at a certain time, but I think that's just when we had the ability to communicate... To everybody over the internet. Yeah, exactly. I think that's why so many of these things happen around that time. Like had been going on for probably long before then. We yeah. just didn't hear about it because no newspaper is going to publish no. that or a magazine. <laughs> no. So that's that's well, one of the, one of the theories about why all this stuff starts then is because that's when people right. were able to meet other people that this happened to. And actually communicate it. Yeah. Okay. Go on. So here are uh, several black-eyed kids traits. Traits? Okay. Traits. Number one, obviously black eyes. <laughs> What? Goes without saying. (laughs) Yeah. The eyes are said to be completely solid, pitch black with absolutely no iris or usual white part of the eyeball, and are often described as being almost inhuman or similar to alien eyes. Mm -hmm. Number two, the age range seems to be about 8 to 15 years old, and it can be both boys and girls, although boys seem to show up more often. The age around 10 seems to be the most common. Number three. The children mostly show up in pairs, but sometimes in small groups of three or four. One of the children is always older than the rest. Generally, the older child will be the one that approaches strangers, does most of the talking, and is the one insistent upon coming inside. Meanwhile, the younger child will be quiet and shy. 
Some witnesses report feeling a strong urge to help or protect the younger child. I thought that was weird. I've never heard that No, before. I never heard that before either. <clears throat> Number four, their skin is often described as being pale, chalky, or almost plastic looking and artificial. And that is a lot like something we talked about not that long ago. And we'll get into that. Number five, direct eye contact is avoided at first by looking away or down or having their eyes shaded by a sweatshirt hood and then eventually looking directly at the adult and that's when the black eyes are noticed. Number six, they prefer to knock as opposed to using the doorbell and there's no use or talk of technology. Like none of the kids have cell phones, right? you know, which is weird. Number seven, they are said to have an awkward, stilted way of talking and have very monotone voices. Sometimes they have strange accents that can't be placed and seem inauthentic. But they are always very polite, almost overly polite, constantly using phrases like please sir or ma'am or yes sir or ma'am. Some witnesses have reported that the kids seem to only be able to say one or two phrases such as we need to use your telephone or our parents are coming soon. They might also be caught using old-fashioned expressions like asking to use the telegraph instead of using the telephone. Other witnesses describe the children as intelligent and responsive. For example, if you tell them they can't come inside to use a telephone, they might ask instead to come inside to use the bathroom or to warm up. Number eight, they wear clothing that seems a bit off, whether it's the size of the clothing or the style of the times. Yeah, usually it's like old-timey. Yeah, yeah, it's like, like weird. It's like weirdly almost type clothing. Yeah, they're, they're often described as like Mennonite, like Mennonite right. type clothing. Mm-hmm. Or, but these guys in the first story had hoodies. They were just like teenagers. A lot of them hoodies. have hoodies. A lot of the Black Eyed Kids reports have them wearing hoodies. Mm-hmm. Number nine, upon meeting with them, there is a common feeling of being mildly hypnotized and paralyzed, but also in a state of pure panic. Number 10, they often beg for or demand entry, stating that they need to be let in. But they always say we can't come in yes, until you invite until us. Until you let, let's let us in. Number 11, occasionally there are reports of an unusual, organic, overpowering smell. Oh, I've never heard that before. That came up in a couple of them that Mm. I looked at, actually. Number 12, witnesses have reported that children staring at each other and making head or body gestures as if they are in silent communication and often calling out to adults before the adults come into view, which is creepy. Like, they know that the adults are there. Yeah. Number 13, flickering lights and power outages are common when the children show up. And number 14, encounters with black-eyed kids sometimes result in frequent nightmares, nosebleeds, and even severe ailments. So I don't know if you're going to get into this, but this is another, not a black-eyed kid trait, but something that commonly happens is that people, like if they're in a car or they're in their house, even though they're terrified, they, they'll yeah. all of a sudden realize yeah. they're reaching towards the yep. door to let yeah. them there in. There were a couple of, I don't know if I have any of those stories in here, but a lot of the stories were kind of like the it's story like about Brian control. Bethel, the guy with the car in the car. And, and these people said that they were like, no, you're not coming in here. But they found their hands moving to the door to handles to in. actually let them in. And then they realized what they were doing. Yeah, and they're and like, oh, stopped. my God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so it's like a mind control part of it. Yeah. Too. Like the hip, hip yeah, being so hypnotized, creepy. you know? Cool. Yeah. So here are a few stories. And the thing about the black eyed kids is that there's really <laughs> nothing out there but stories. Right. There's, there's no good photographic evidence that's not None. obviously photoshopped. Right. Yeah. You know? So it's a lot of stories. So here are a couple stories about the black eyed children from various websites. The first story, I'll, I'm just going to repeat them like they were written. Okay. The first story, it almost felt like a dream. 
I woke up to my dog, Lucy, barking. Lucy. I know. I thought that. She was upright on the bed where my husband and I were sleeping with our 22-month-old daughter. I almost said 22-year-old daughter. (laughs) Where where my husband and I were sleeping with our 22-month-old daughter, staring at her door like an unknown stranger was out there rummaging around. I thought she was just freaking out over a house noise. We'd only had her for three months, and she was still a puppy. It could have been anything. Our roommate, a creak from the house settling, the awnings moving outside in the breeze, anything. I wasn't too concerned initially. I decided that the best bet would be to open the door and show her that nothing was there. It sounds a bit silly, but that's what I do with my daughter when she gets scared, and I figured it would work with a puppy too. I opened the door, and she raced to the front door. She stood there, snarling at the door. It was an angry, violent growl, one I had never heard her make before. I looked groggily at her and opened the baby gate blocking the doorway, planning to open the door to show her that everything was okay. The second my hand reached for the deadbolt, Lucy went wild. She started barking and jumped towards me, and when I touched the metal, she suddenly changed her temper. She whimpered, almost like she was afraid and backing down. As her mannerism changed, so did mine. I wasn't calm anymore. My heart was racing and sinking at the same time. I had been flooded with a mixture of fear and dread. I looked through the peephole. I can't explain why I looked, but I did. Outside were two kids. One was just a smidge shorter than me and didn't look much younger. I'm 21, and she looked to be 16 or 17. She was slender and pale. Her hair was a light shade of honey blonde, and she wore it long, about mid-back, with long, thin, blunt bangs in the front that covered most of her eyes. She wore jeans, a light wash that's popular right now, and a thin-looking olive-colored pullover-style hoodie. She held the hand of a small girl who looked to be around three or four years old in the same style jeans and a button-down ivory cardigan. The smaller one looked at the floor shyly, but had the same shade of hair, tied back in a ponytail. She held a small stuffed toy under her free arm, and it was identical to one my daughter has, as was their style of dress. Had it not been for the feeling of overwhelming dread and fear, I probably would have asked these children in and given them some tea or hot chocolate just to get them out of the bitter cold. Something about them just seemed off. At this point, I hadn't made any noise. I hadn't shushed the dog or grumbled. Nothing. I hadn't turned on any lights. These kids had no indicators that I was at the door. The older one spoke. She had a voice that was mature, confident, strong, and accentless. She held her head tilted downwards, and I couldn't see her eyes. She said, We have to use your phone. I stood frozen in fear. How did she know I was there? She raised her head to face me directly, and that's when I saw her eyes. There was a reason I couldn't see them through her bangs before. They were black, or deep midnight blue, or deep dark purple. They were otherworldly. She said, our mother is worried. As someone who has always been interested in creepy stories, I knew what she was the second that she looked at me through the door. I have never been one to believe in these things as a staunch atheist and a skeptic when it comes to the paranormal. I had written off many a ghost story from friends and family members eager to tell their tale. I didn't believe it. Still, I couldn't rationalize my way out of this. I was standing with nothing but a thin wooden door between me and a black-eyed kid. There was no questioning what was right in front of me. I did not answer her. Slowly and silently, I backed away from the door, Lucy still cowering at my ankles. She kept talking. Just let us in to use your phone. I took another step back, and with that step, the tone changed. At first, she seemed polite. When I took that second step back, she became commanding, almost hostile. We're not going to hurt you. If we wanted to do that, we would have broken in. I'll ask again. May we come in and use your phone? Lucy snarled at the door, and I inched backwards again, though something inside me seemed to be slowly pulling me back towards the door. It wasn't a physical pulling so much as a subconscious need to go back and let them in. 
I got to my room, covered up the window, locked the door, and sat there in the dim light of the nightlight. I heard her call me back to the door once more, and then it was quiet. I didn't go back to sleep that night. I haven't slept right since. I know from reading about them that BEKs can't just come in without permission. I know they haven't hurt anyone, but I still fear I'll be the exception. That we know of. That we know of. (laughs) When I told my husband, he said it was just a dream. He keeps telling me to forget it, but this lingering feeling of sadness, this dread when the house is silent at night, this fear of a knock at the door, this tells me otherwise. So, so that's creepy. Yeah. And that's, and, a, that's one of the things she says is that they haven't hurt anybody, but... That we know. They, but... The people who let them in might have never in? been heard of again. Yeah. yeah. Well, and so that that's a common, not that particular thing, but a common thing that I found when reading is that people would approach their door quietly, not say anything, not turn on any lights, and somehow they would just know that they that were they there. they would know that person was on the other side of the door and start talking. Them. Yep. Yeah. Um, I remember listening to an episode of Jim Harold's Paranormal Podcast. Mm-hmm. Love that show. Where somebody had a story on there saying that, I don't remember, I might be getting it wrong, but it was something to the fact that they had these black-eyed kids that came to their door and they ended up like having them do housework. I remember like outside. They were like outside yeah. doing yard work. Yeah. And the husband was always like, well, you know, I should have them come in and pay them or whatever. And, and the the wife was like no do not have them come in the house because they always wanted to come in the house mm-hmm. so one of the times she left to go do something and the kids were there in the yard when she got home it looked like they hadn't done any more housework since she left and the front door was open instead of being locked and she found her husband dead of a heart attack inside so her assumption was that he let the kids in mm-hmm. and that was why he died I had heard of another story where they allegedly let the kids in and their family like suffered a lot of illnesses. There's, there's one coming. (laughs) I have one on here like that. Um, I think another thing I noticed about this story is they said, and I just know this because I'm a dog person. I've had several dogs. Um, puppies are not territorial. Yeah. It's not something they just know right off the bat. My, I remember Lucy and even Bogart, we had a German shepherd black lab mix named Bogart. And it was months before he barked at really? all, just barked in general. And no no growling, didn't notice people outside or if people came to the door, they didn't care. That territorial thing happens yeah. later. Yeah. So it's interesting that their dog reacted that way, um, probably out of fear. Because mm-hmm. puppies know fear right off the bat. They, they're afraid of everything, <laughs> you know. But so to me, that's interesting because that's like a fear reaction, not a territorial reaction. Because I don't think they had that in them at that age yet. Yeah. Another story, while based at a Marine camp in North Carolina, an unnamed U.S. Marine stated that in November 2009, he had a strange encounter near the barracks where he lived. The anonymous witness stated that he was alone in his room one evening watching a movie when a knock came at the door. Expecting it to be his roommate, thinking that he had forgotten his key, the Marine opened it without hesitation. When he did, though, he was presented with the sight of two small children standing outside. As soon as he saw them, the man stated that he was filled with dread and had an impulse to slam the door shut as fast as he could. That was before he realized that both children had jet black eyes. Despite his fear, the Marine asked the children what they wanted, to which they responded all the while staring straight at him, that it was cold outside and that they wanted to come inside and read. I know. (laughs) That's just creepy. Very specific. (laughs) The Marines suddenly realized that no one else was within sight, and as the children took a step towards the room, he gave into the impulse that was racing. He gave into the impulse that was racing through him and shut the door quickly. 
The knocking continued for several minutes in addition to a rattling from his window before the noises stopped and the children appeared to be gone. Hmm. The Marine made some idle inquiries the following morning, but the few people who had been on site during the strange encounter stated that they hadn't seen or heard anything strange. So as always, take it with a grain of salt because it's an anonymous story. Right. Well, I feel like they all are. Yeah. (laughs) You know. And this next one actually popped up a lot, and it's kind of not in the same league. It kind of is. One of the earliest recorded sightings of a black-eyed child was back in 1950. A 16-year-old named Harold was strolling up the street to his Virginia home when he noticed a boy leaning on a nearby fence. Harold was a bit startled. He paused and said hello, but received no response. He turned to leave, then the mysterious boy finally spoke up, saying, I want to go to your house. You're going to walk me up to your house. That was when Harold noticed the boy's eyes. They were pitch black. All of his instincts screamed run, yet he just stood there. Then, as if reading Harold's mind, the boy said, Now don't you run away from me. You're going to walk me up to your house. That was enough to spring Harold into action. He booked it out of there. He claimed he heard the devil child let out the strange scream of what sounded like a bobcat, but he wasn't willing to turn around to be sure. That's creepy. The account goes on to reveal that Harold's parents actually believed his tale, and his father went out with gun in hand looking for what they believed to be the devil. The black-eyed child was gone, but Harold's mother still took him to the local priest to be sure her son would remain safe. So Joe brought that story to the Paranormal Blabber <laughs> okay. episode. And, I, and that's interesting because you don't hear accounts from decades ago. Yeah, they're and all a, like, like it's, it was weird being a single black-eyed child because right. they're always in pairs and stuff. Yeah, that one gave me the creeps. Yeah. The fact that it like made that noise, that sound like a bobcat or something. Yep. That's really odd. Yep. That's an odd element that I have never heard in any other story before. And here is one from Mexico. Maria Ortega Gonzalez opened her door after hearing incessant knocking one afternoon. Her home was located in Tijuana. It was late in the afternoon of March of 2016 and Maria was getting ready to start dinner as she always did at that time. The two children on her doorstep were about 10 years old, a boy and a girl holding their heads slightly downward. They were wearing what appeared to be handmade clothing. From what Maria could tell, the children had very pale skin and very even features. Even though they spoke perfect Spanish, she knew that the kids were not from her neighborhood. Maria thought to call her three children to the door, who were about the same age as the two standing before her, but something inside her told her not to. She then asked if they were lost and where their parents were. The two children replied with their original request for water and permission to enter the house. Maria asked them again if they were lost, and the girl of the two repeated, No, we want to come in. Maria was at a loss of what to do. It was then that she grabbed her phone to call her husband that the two children finally looked up. What Maria saw filled her with terror. After making eye contact with them, she screamed while instinctively slamming the door. The two children had solid black eyes, something Maria had never experienced before. The sight of them had so disturbed Maria that she couldn't speak of it for days. Maria's was not the only sighting of what what has been called black-eyed children in Tijuana that year. So uh, lots of stories from outside the United States, too. And this next one is from our listener, Melissa. What? Yeah. Melissa, who sent us the the stuff we had tonight. So she had a black-eyed kid? No, this is about her mom. Got all excited for a second. But this is what I... But her mom had a black-eyed kid encounter? She doesn't know. Okay. But, But tell me that this does not... Just, okay, but tell me, tell me what you think of this. I'm excited for this. Uh, she sent, Melissa sent me this a while ago, and then I had her send me it again for this episode. Okay. So this is from our listener, Melissa. Thank you, Melissa. Thank you. 
My mom used to work for a construction company slash hardware store. She worked in the office and was also the cleaning lady. One night, she was cleaning there alone around 11 p.m. She was by her desk when, out of nowhere, she heard someone say, Can I use the bathroom? When she looked up, there was a girl at the back door. My mom was surprised, but she held up her finger in the the just-a-moment sort of way and looked down to grab her keys. Then it dawned on her that this was super weird for reasons I'll get into in a moment. So she looked back, and the girl was gone. She went to the door and looked out, but didn't see anyone or anything out of place. So she went back into the corner office next to the back door, which had large windows on two walls, and stood there for about five or ten minutes watching for anyone strange. But there was nothing. No cars, no people, nothing out of the ordinary. Still, she got a super creepy feeling about the whole thing and decided to just go home. She said the girl was pretty, blonde hair, and looked like she was about 12. Odd, sure, but here's the thing. The business was on the edge of town, kind of down the highway. There aren't any houses for about a mile or so. It's all industrial over there. My mom didn't see a vehicle or anyone else besides a girl. It was also the middle of winter and about 35 below out. You know how Midwest winters are. Mm -hmm. The girl wasn't wearing a hat, and it looked like she had a t-shirt or a light sweater on, but definitely not a winter coat. What was she doing out when it was so late and it was so cold, underdressed, and so far from anyone else? But more than that, she was at the back door. That leads out into the lumber yard, which is all fenced and gated in with barbed wire at the top of the fence. The only time the gates are open is if they are getting a delivery or heading out to a build. There's no way to get in or out of there. How could the girl have gotten back there and why? Was the door open? No. How could she see her if the door wasn't open and she didn't open it? The The door must have had a window. The door must have been that you could see through because she could see the girl. Okay. But the part that really gets me is my mom was near her desk and the girl was at the back door. My mom's desk was at least 100 feet from the back door and there was another door in between. Both doors are wood but have large windows on the top half okay. and both doors were closed. My mom shouldn't have been able to hear anyone talking from outside the back door. Okay, but she said the voice me. <laughs> yeah. But she said the voice was very clear and even, not muffled and not in a yelling tone. It sounded like the girl was standing right next to her. So we have a girl alone in the middle of a Minnesota winter, a mile from town and without a jacket, in a place she shouldn't have been able to get to, and able to speak and be heard through two closed doors from 100 feet away, and she was asking to be let in. The first thing I asked her was, did you see her eyes? Unfortunately, she didn't. So I can't say for sure if it was a black-eyed kid, but it really seems consistent with stories I've heard. It could heard. just be a ghost, too, though. It could be. Because all those things fit some... Uh, like a spirit, a yeah. Ghost, you know, but that totally to me sounds like a black eye. It kid. does. It yeah. totally sounds the only like thing a black eye. Missing out of black eyes, but she just didn't See notice them. it. Yeah. But so much of that is weird to me that you can't get into that area where the girl was. Right. So I, I honestly go with black eyed kid, or like you or said, ghost. possibly a ghost. You know, I'm thinking, did a girl get killed along that highway, and she, you know, that's possible too. Either way, it's creepy as hell. Yeah, it is it's creepy <laughs> as hell. I would probably go home too. Yeah, I probably would have quit. <laughs> yeah. So thank you so much for the story, Melissa. Yeah, thanks, Melissa. A lot of good stories. I, know. I wasn't expecting this many like experiences. I really like Melissa's because that's weird. Yeah. And it's like someone you yeah. know. Yeah. Rather than just some random Person. story on the internet. Yep. Can't put anything on the internet that isn't true. No, exactly. <laughs> So one last story that I'll get into, and this is one that we referenced earlier. Okay. I live just outside of a rural town in Vermont. It's a tight-knit community where everyone knows one another and people don't lock their doors at night. Not a good idea anymore. <laughs> There's never been any need to. A little over a year ago, I woke up because I heard a loud banging on my front door. 
At the time, my husband and I lived in a small home on a dirt road just off the rural route in town. It was the middle of a snowstorm, and the nearby hills get very slippery in the snow, so I thought that someone might have gotten into an accident or broken down. It's happened before. When I looked out the window, I could see that our motion light was on. I could see that there were footprints in the snow that had come from our road into our driveway, but there was no car anywhere. The snow was still covering the road, and no one had driven on it for at least a couple hours. Our front door was obscured from the window, but I could see that someone was standing there. I wasn't sure what to think, so I woke my husband up just to feel safer. While I was telling him what was going on, the banging on the door started again and my husband went to answer while I stood in the hallway. When he opened the door, there were two children standing in the snow looking toward the ground. They were a boy and a girl and could not have been more than eight years old. They were dressed strangely and had odd haircuts. The girl's hair was very long and straight and the boy had a dated haircut that looked almost like a bowl cut. They weren't dressed for winter and my first thought was that they must have been Mennonite children, but as far as I know, there was never a large community of Mennonites near us. Thinking back on it, I know that my normal reaction to seeing children in a snowstorm would have been to rush them inside and bundle them up with blankets and hot chocolate, but that's not how this felt. The children were very unnerving. They would not make eye contact, and when my husband asked them if everything was okay, they asked if they could come in. My husband looked at me like, what should I do? And I asked the kids where their parents were. They'll be here soon, is all that they could say. It was around 2 o'clock in the morning at this point, so the only reasonable thought in my head was that there must have been an accident or that these kids got lost. As much as my instincts told me not to bring them inside, I did it anyway. I went into the kitchen to make them some hot chocolate while my husband took them into the living room. While I was fixing the kettle, I could hear my husband talking to the kids. He was asking if they were okay, where they came from, how far they walked, if their parents' car had broken down, things like that. But they always answered, our parents will be here soon. They spoke in a sing-songy voice. They didn't seem afraid to be in a stranger's home at all. I started to notice that our cats, we had four, were all hiding except our cat Pigeon, who was in the kitchen with me. Normally our cats are very curious and friendly and we have to be careful they don't run out the door when we leave. This time, none of them even tried to see who was here, which I thought was very strange. All of the hair on Pigeon's neck was standing up and his tail was puffed up while he looked in the living room. When I bent down to pet him and see what was wrong, he hissed and started growling and backed up until he had hit himself under the kitchen island. I had never seen him do that before. When I walked back into the living room, the kids were sitting on the couch as still as can be, but my husband was holding his head in his hands. I asked him what was wrong, and he said that he just felt very dizzy all of a sudden, but that he was fine. I turned back to the children to give them their cocoa, but when they looked at me, I gasped. They took everything inside of me not to drop the mugs and just run away. When they looked at me, their eyes were completely black. They had no whites, just giant black pupils. When they saw that I was scared... They stood up and asked quickly if they could use the bathroom. I tried to be as composed as I could and showed them down the hall. They went into the bathroom together, and I hurried back to my husband to ask him if he had seen their eyes. He said that he had seen them too, and that it looked like his brother's badly bruised eyes after a car accident. We were in the middle of talking about whose children they could be when my husband's nose started to bleed. He never had nosebleeds as long as I had known him. I just knew inside myself that this had something to do with the kids in the bathroom, and I started crying while I ran to get my husband some tissues. That's when the power went out. I heard my husband yell my name from the living room, and as I started to walk back through the hallway, I stopped dead in my tracks. The two children were standing at the end of the dark hallway. They weren't moving, and I had never been so scared in my whole life. They just stood there in the dark, looking at me. After what felt like forever, the boy said, Our parents are here. And they just walked to the door, opened it, and walked out, leaving it wide open. My husband jumped up to go close it and almost fell over. 
We looked out the window and saw two men standing by a black car idling at the end of our driveway. The men looked like they were wearing black colored suits and were very tall, at least six feet. When my husband waved at them, they just stared at us, got into the car, and drove off. Our power came on about half an hour later, but nothing was the same after that. Over the next few months, three of our cats went missing. We can only assume that they ran away somewhere and never came back. But the worst thing was coming home to find Pigeon in a puddle of blood on the living room floor. He looked like he had been vomiting blood. The vet told us that he had some kind of hemorrhage. After my husband's nosebleeds became a regular occurrence, we went to see the doctor. He didn't know what to make of it other than dry nasal passages, but my husband was diagnosed with an aggressive skin cancer. When the doctor asked us if we had used tanning beds, we thought he was joking, but apparently this kind of melanoma is linked to overuse of indoor tanning. The doctors think he will recover, but don't understand how it got so bad so quickly. My husband has never worked an outdoor job and spends little time in the sun. Since we let the kids inside our home, I've also suffered from regular dizzy spells and nosebleeds on a regular basis. I've had other issues which I won't mention here, but trust me when I say that I am suddenly in the worst condition of my life and no one can do anything about it. I know that all this is because I let the kids into my home. We told everyone we could about the strange kids that showed up that night, but no one else saw them. But some laugh at how scared we were of the Mennonite kids, but we know what we saw. I wish my husband had never opened that door. So this is definitely the story I was referring yes, to. that is the story you were referring to. And here's to. the Men in Black link that I've yeah, heard yep, from multiple yep, stories. Yep. So, so did they call? They didn't use a phone or anything. No, they just kept saying no, our, parents our parents will be will here, be here soon. soon. And their parents are two men. Yep. Okay. Who dress like men in black. Yeah. And I guess having two parents who are men is not all that uncommon yeah. these days. But the, the clothing of the kids has always seems so bizarre to me. You know, I keep like one of the stories I read, the kids had uh, it was in a parking garage that they came to this guy and because he was in his car and they wanted it in his car. But the kids had cl- like I think it was the Montreal Expos were a baseball team. And the the guy said one of the kids had a new Montreal Expos hat on, even though the Montreal Expos, I guess, didn't exist anymore at that time. Mm. And the cap that he had looked like it was at, like from a period in the Expos history, like 20 years earlier. And it looked mm. spotless, like it was brand new. And he said everything just didn't, like, what didn't match with time. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of just weird clothing things. Well, and I always want I always find myself picturing the children of the corn. Yeah. You know how they kind yep. of had that same look, the yes. long straight hair for the girls and sort of the almost like a bowl cut for the boys. Yep. And by the way, I think that's on Netflix right now or there's like a newer version of that on really? Netflix. Yeah, it's supposed to be pretty pretty good. If you're that. looking for Halloweeny type movies to watch right now, it is October. Happy Happy October everybody. Yes, Happy October. Happy Halloween month as I like to call it. Crystal loves Halloween. I love it. My house is already <laughs> on the inside is already all decked serious? out. Yep, I didn't start outside yet though. So those are some stories. Thank you, Melissa, for sending in a personal story. A couple of what I call oldie book goodies, yeah. but a couple of but new ones. Melissa's too. is great because, yeah, like, like Krista said, uh, that was somebody we know. That happened to right. somebody we know of somebody that is a listener and is a personal, very close friend of mine. Yeah. And, you know, she's had a lot of weird stuff happen in her life. Right. But I'm fascinated by Melissa's mom's story because that's... Very strange. I, I tend to think black-eyed kid. I think Krista tends to think ghost. Yeah, because I feel like that, I mean, it could line up with either yeah. scenario. But So we get into theories. Okay. And of, as always, there are two big main theories and several sub-theories. <laughs> There's always so many sub-theories. <laughs> There's always I sub-theories. Big theory number one, they exist. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I love that. That's a theory. That's always that, they exist. The, 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 our main, our big main theories are always they exist or they, they don't, don't exist. exist. And that's the where the sub theories come in. If they exist, what <laughs> exactly? Are they? So sub theory one for they exist, they are demons. Okay, and that's the big one is that people yeah. think that they are demonic. The foul smell, the black eyes. Yeah, the I mean, there's a dread. lot. There's a lot of and any, you know, we've talked about this before. Anything demonic or evil is going to want to present itself as something that you totally trust. harmless. You yeah. know, like like we always talk about Vicky's or about Elsing's secondhand shop with the the ghost of the supposed little girl mm-hmm. that some people don't think is really the ghost of a little girl. And you know, so you're going to want to present yourself, and that's the best thing you can. You know, you could do a kitten, I suppose, and be a black-eyed kitten, but that's, <laughs> right. you know. That'd be so cute. That would be so cute. Don't, isn't there sort of like a theory, too, that a demon on some level has to be invited yes. into you? Yep. Okay, yep. If, for possession. And uh, there was some some people theorized that the black-eyed kids are manifestations of occult rituals. Oh, interesting. That it's like a... I don't want to say. I don't know if I want to say side effect. Like conjured. Something? Yeah, they're like it's somehow conjured, not intentionally, but it's like oh. a, a side effect of occult rituals. Weird. Yeah. So you guys, they, stop yes. doing that. So yeah, knock it off with the occult rituals. <laughs> I mean, I get it, but you know, so that's obviously the big theory is that they are demonic in nature, which I could totally, I can see totally it. see that. Yep. Theory number two, and this is another popular one: they are alien-human hybrids. Yep. Uh, people are supposedly abducting women to Procreate. impregnate them yeah. with alien babies and that hmm. these are what the babies turn out to be. Uh, one of the interesting things about this is that there's something called moonburn syndrome, which apparently happens a lot to alleged witnesses of alien spacecraft. And it's like a skin-like condition like radiation poisoning. Hmm. And a lot of people theorize that this is caused by the radiation emitted from UFOs. It reminds me of um, Close Encounters of the Third yeah. Kind. They get sunburn yeah. from yeah. the... And that, that's what moonburn syndrome is. And that many people who get close to the black-eyed kids report having this happen to them where they get mm. like this, this So that's burn. like a close encounter of the... Black-eyed kind? Well, there's like first, second, third, and it goes on and on. And first is like, you've seen one. Yeah. Second is like, it's had some kind of effect to the physical surrounding, which yeah. is the sunburn thing. Yeah. So it might be a second, second kind. kind. Look at but you with actually, the yeah, knowledge. Yeah, but, but actually seeing a being, yeah. I believe, is more like a third. Yep. So, well, we so, covered that on Paranormal Flower. Yeah, there's a lot of a lot of people that get close to these kids reportedly have this this radiation poisoning. Interesting. When you described the sunburn, I thought that were they like giving off some kind of radiation? It's, it's very possible. Hmm. Uh, even more peculiar are the similarities between reports of black-eyed children and alien greys. Both are said to have oil black eyes and pale or olive skin. Not only that, but the reported hypnotic quality of the children's black eyes is in line with what some abductees report of their experience with the gray aliens. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of tie-ins actually with aliens. Sort of like involuntary opening the door. Yes. Kind of thing. Okay. Yeah. Subtheory number three, ghosts of deceased children. And this was this was an interesting story. I'd never heard of this, so I actually looked up. I looked at a lot of stuff about a lot of sites about this. Uh, walkers in Cannock Chase Forest, Staffordshire. I believe that's England. England, yeah. I think so. Just sounds or like Scotland. It is. One of those. Oh, sure. Or Ireland. Maybe. Uh, <laughs> one of those that ends in Lund. <laughs> maybe Roxanne. Is that in Ireland? <laughs> I Let don't us know. know. I'm guessing England. Yeah. I'm guessing England. Walkers in Cannock Chase Forest, Staffordshire. 
which is an area notorious for ghosts, claim often to run into these ghosts of children. In autumn of 2016, a man was walking his dog at night when he heard something rustling in the bushes. He carried on walking, but the noise seemed to follow him. Eventually, he saw the source of the noise. A small child, no older than 10, standing a bit off the trail and holding her hands over her eyes like she was playing peekaboo. Oh, that's creepy. <laughs> the man asked the girl if she was okay. Meanwhile, his usually quiet dog was barking madly. The child didn't respond, so the man carried on walking. Suddenly, the girl reappeared in front of him. This time, her hands were down at her sides. I almost fell over when I noticed that her eyes were jet black, the man was reported as saying. Perhaps he would have convinced himself that it was just the workings of his imagination if it wasn't for the many other sightings of this mysterious child in the area. One woman was walking through the forest with her daughter when they heard the desperate screams of a young child. The pair instantly started running toward the noise, eventually looking behind them to see a young girl standing there holding her hands over her eyes. Again, when the child put her arms down, the mother and daughter saw that her eyes were completely black. These eyewitnesses' accounts were collated by ghost expert Lee Brickley, who runs the blog Paranormal Canuck. His own aunt saw the black-eyed girl in the forest back in 1982. She reported what she'd seen to the police, and they conducted a search of the area to find nothing. Sightings of this little girl have been linked to the murders of three children and a brutal attack on a fourth in the 1960s. Car mechanic Raymond Leslie Morris, who died in prison, was convicted of murdering one of the girls and suspected of carrying out the other attacks. So a lot of people associate this particular black-eyed kid yeah. with the ghost of a dead girl. So that is one um, of the theories that, I mean, these, I get it. that these are ghosts of deceased kids, but... I don't, I don't know. know. If I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I could see some of them. Sure. Like you said, the one with at Melissa's, that could that be a, could that be. could be a ghost. Because there were no black eyes there, yeah, you know. Because they didn't see the black eyes, that could be a ghost. That you don't could really be a black see the black kid. eyes right away, though, and maybe the no. encounter was. No, and all long of these, enough. all of these encounters, you don't see the black eyes right away. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to mention Roxanne O'Laughlin. She had posted on Facebook about how she's all, um, she's almost caught up and sad that she won't be able to binge listen anymore. Um, and you said, we're so glad. And her response was, thank you. I also need a t-shirt that says, don't harsh my mellow. <laughs> I'd never heard that one before. <laughs> I don't remember. Why did I, I say that? I don't idea. remember why I said that. Don't harsh my mellow. It was the spicy pizza jerky. Oh, that's right. <laughs> that harsh that harshed my mellow. mellow. It hurt your feelings. It did. It did. I'm, I'm working through it. <laughs> Seeking therapy. I'm, I'm learning to trust pizza again. <laughs> I feel like you trusted pizza the next day, probably. I but did. I'm fickle that way. <laughs> oh, funny. <laughs> Sub theory number four: they're vampires. Okay, and I've that's heard this very before. common yep. with the with the whole they have to be invited in thing. Oh sure, yeah. Like in all and the in black every story, you, in every story you hear about the black eyed children, they have to be invited in, right? And that's that's, that's like one of the big thing. vampire. Yeah. But that's also with demons and vampires and demons kind of go hand in hand. Yeah. So, but that's a big one that you see is that they're, vamp- they're vampiric in mm-hmm. nature. Okay. Sub theory number five, they are the children of the men in black. Okay. So. But you say the children of the corn. No, like, what? <laughs> children of the men. <laughs> but I mean, from that one story where they said their parents would be there and then they saw them with the two men. Dressed that, in black. That sounded just like the men in black. Yeah. But I don't know. Logistically, are there women in black? Do the men in black have personal life. <laughs> I don't know. That, you know, do they do a little... <laughs> Logistically. You know, do, I just, you know, a little... You keep saying, uh, you know. 
you know? <laughs> so I don't know. So no, that I is one of the know. big theories is that they are the children of the men in black. Hmm. Sub theory number six, the black eyed kids are the product of a CIA experiment gone wrong. According to some internet sources, quote, you know, air quotes, <laughs> sure. the CIA during the Cold War wanted to weaponize the occult and recruited a Catholic priest from Nebraska to summon demons to be used by military intelligence against America's enemies abroad. I just think it's funny that he was from Nebraska. I know. <laughs> it's, it's Not just said, I know. It's just, there's like nothing else about him, but he was from Nebraska. <laughs> As with many genie out of the bottle stories, the demons could not be controlled and they slowly started to spread among the earth. Hmm. I'm going to say, no, nah, I don't think so to that I, one. Yeah. I've never seen one. Sorry, Nebraska priest. Yeah, I feel like he doesn't exist. And finally, sub I'm sure there's a priest somewhere in Nebraska. I'm just saying. Yeah, I'm sure there is, but I don't. I <laughs> yeah. doubt that he worked with the military to... Doubt it. Yeah. To, to demonize, to, to raise demons we could use as weapons. Finally, sub-theory seven, the black eyed kids didn't exist, but do now. And what? that's come up because oh, is this like uh, the Philip yes, experiment. Yeah. Because of the the you know, like we said, the Philip experiment and Tulpas where if peace, enough people believe in something, it actually manifests it in reality. Does Slenderman exist? Slenderman. Yes, exactly like Slenderman. <laughs> uh, a month prior to posting his story, Brian Bethel wrote a long post about magic and the creation of an entity through collective thought. He ended this post with a series of questions saying, so, can we create something like Bloody Mary just by collective force of will? If not just childhood legends, why not gods and goddesses as well? Are they all just expressions of enough collective reality shifts, or can they somehow exist on their own? Hmm. You know, and that's basically Tulpas. That's basically Tulpas. That's basically the Philip right. experiment where, you know, you have enough people believing something like the Bloody Mary thing, where you right. have enough people doing it that it actually causes it to, to happen. That's a terrifying thought. You know. So it seems that Bethel was interested in the creation of a tulpa or a mentally crafted apparition. If this is what he was aiming for with his tale of black-eyed children, is it merely then a question of belief? Can fiction become reality if there is enough belief in it? And it's possible that this Brian Bethel, that this was an experiment that he did. Hmm. That he put this story out there knowing that it could... Manifest. Man, it could get you know catch enough people that it could, in theory, manifest black-eyed kids. I can kind of see this. I can kind of see, sure. you know, it's like a creepypasta before creepypastas were around mm -hmm. that he concocted this story as an experiment to see if it could get out there and catch fire and enough people would believe in it if something would happen. I feel like even if nothing manifested, something did happen because enough people are claiming to have had experiences. Yeah, but, They're you know. probably all made up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, it's still that thing that I just don't know. How I feel about it. No. There's no evidence. No. And you and I talked about this earlier this evening before we were recording, saying that we read stories that it's all of a sudden it's like, no, this is <laughs> fake. Right. You know, where they come out as fake. There was one that I read in a couple places where it was like a really, really good black eyed kid story. It involved like, uh, they said a 15 or 16 year old blonde girl showing up outside somebody's door and they wouldn't let her in. And then she started like screeching and stuff like that. And then the person finally shot himself in his bedroom and she left. But the next morning he went out and saw that on the front door was etched the word soon. And then once that showed up, it's like, okay, this is cheesy now. Right. Like, that kind of ruined the whole story. I read one like that, but there were like footsteps, footprints in the snow that 
we're going to the house but not walking away yeah. kind of thing. That's yeah. But I yeah, I read one online last year before I did the Paranormal Palaver episode on this and it was uh and I loved it. It was the best black eyed kid encounter I'd ever read. And then it was deter or the guy I guess later came out and said that he just made it all. Yeah. <laughs> but I was so mad. <laughs> it was just basically a guy had gone camping by himself and the black eyed kids kept coming to his tent and running into him on the trail. And they kept showing up at his tent in the middle of the night asking to be let in. And it just, the way it was written, it was really creepy. And then Just was, as an aside, my friend Luke, we, uh, he had one of the stories in our first listener submission. Uh, he's a good friend of mine, one of my very close friends, and he loves the podcast. But he texted me the other night that he was in his uh, tree stand hunting. And he said all he could think about was the story about the mirrored men walking through the woods when the ooh, guy was hunting. Yeah. And he said that was all he could think about. And he was just getting so creeped out. That just made me think of, I list, I've been listening to Sasquatch Chronicles like nonstop lately. And there's a encounter that they talked about that just, that totally, really? it was a story about a guy sitting in a, a tree stand and kept hearing owls hooting cra- like crazy, like how in a way that they don't normally act. And then out of nowhere, he felt something grab the heel of his foot and he looked down and it was allegedly a Bigfoot was reaching Yeesh. up yeah. like a 10 foot tall was reaching up and touching his foot. And he it all turned out to be like the, the hooting was other. He assumed a distraction so this thing could sneak up on him. Huh. It was a it gave me the heebie <laughs> GBs. That's creepy. Yeah. But I digress. Uh, so, no, now. So now we get to big, big theory number two. They Which don't is exist. they don't exist. <laughs> you call that one. Can't put anything on the internet that isn't true. Exactly. <laughs> if we ever do get "Don't Harsh My Mellow" T-shirts, Roxanne's got to get oh, one. Oh yeah, totally. we should get that T-shirt. Uh, they don't exist. Sub theory number one: something called mydriasis. That is pupils dilating. Oh sure. Uh, there's several reasons why pupils can dilate: low light, uh, medical conditions, a trip to your eye doctor, a trip to the eye doctor. <laughs> Or the use of various drugs, including decongestants, epinephrine, amphetamines, and ecstasy. The thing is, though, they only cause your pupil to dilate. Yeah. They well, don't... that's the thing. But it says even in this, even in these situations, the white of the eyes does remain. But right. if you're primed and jacked up from stories about black-eyed kids, you're predisposed to just see the black eye. The thing is, though, I feel like most of the stories I've read... They didn't know there was only one that you read today, and I've never heard this before that they had heard of black eyed kids before they're in common. Yeah. Most people have never heard of no. them. Oh, it scared me. Guy what? walking by with a Great Dane. Oh. And I've seen this guy <laughs> walk by a hundred times and for some reason he scared me today. But isn't that a theory that if you once you know about the black eyed kids, you're gonna have an encounter with them? That's something I've heard I've about. I've never that. had an encounter with black eyed kids. And I've known about them for like ten years. I did. <laughs> okay, and this is another aside. I don't remember oh, if I said this on I, th- I can't remember if I talked about this on the podcast, but this was so weird. I I remember that I did talk about that I did that Wyoming incident alternate reality game for a while. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was actually run. It wasn't even actually a game. It was run by the guy, the, the guys from the Something Awful Forum because they were bored. Yeah. So they created this whole background with these weird YouTube videos and stuff, mm-hmm. and it was basically an alternate reality game that they were just doing because they were bored. But uh, at one point, we were all supposed to... And I talked about how it was this serial killer message board. Mm-hmm. And at one point, we were told that we were supposed to message the administrator of the board and he would tell us something meaningful to us and meaningful to you personally to everybody that messaged him okay so i messaged him 
And he said, he wrote me back and he said, very soon, my black eyed children will be observing you. Don't be afraid. They are just observing. And it was just that. So I was like, that's creepy. And when was this? This was years ago, like 10, 15 years ago. Okay. But at the time... Did you know about the Black Eyed Kid phenomena yes, at the time? Okay. Yeah. But at the time, I was working at a factory in, mm-hmm. in Two Rivers, Wisconsin. Trivers. And <laughs> the factory was like from the, my office. You could see Lake Michigan. It's right on Memorial Drive there. Mm-hmm. So like shortly after this happened, there was one day when I printed something out and I had to go to the printer to get it. So I went to the printer to get it and I looked out the window and like maybe 100 150 feet ahead of me before memorial drive there was a sidewalk and i went up to the printer to get it out and i looked out and there was a girl and a younger girl standing there on the sidewalk just looking at me looking at the window and i just was like what and they just (laughs) sat there looking at me and i was so creeped out I, i knew this was an alternate reality game but that was like they just sat there and looked at me and finally I just walked back to my desk and then I went back a little while later and they were gone. So that was just weird. And that's, that just popped in my head with the black eyed children thing when I, when I did this. You know, what's also kind of strange about that is I think even now the black eyed kid thing, unless you're into this, it's an obscure thing. Nobody knows what that is. Unless I think they're more people, into the paranormal. I think more people are aware of it. In, if they're into the but paranormal, I, they are. Yeah, but they're you know you might see the movie trailers about the Black Eyed Kid movies and stuff. I haven't and, seen any Black no. Eyed Kid movies. No. But 10, 15 years ago, yeah. nobody knew what no. they were unless no. they were really into yeah. this sort of thing. Yeah. But, so it's that, weird that he would make that reference. It was. And it was weird that those kid, the, the girl and the younger girl were just standing on the sidewalk looking at the window that where I was weird. looking at them. Hmm. Sub-theory two... Sclera contact lenses. Right. Sclera contact lenses cover the whole eye, and it's easy to get black ones. You're supposed to only be able to get They're them with really a prescription. Yeah. Though. You're only supposed to be able to get them with, with a prescription, but there are tons of websites where they can be bought illegally. Teens trying to be edgy and creepy would have no problems getting these to freak people out, and that's a thing. I mean, I've I've heard of people buying. Sure. But aren't they like 300 bucks a contact? Probably. But if you're like into this stuff, you might want to do that Not just to freak people out. if you're eight years old. <laughs> Very true. You, do you have a Very credit true. card when you're I guess eight? I'm thinking of older <laughs> teens. And was could you buy something like that on the internet when you in 1998? Probably not. I'm thinking now you'd have Where no problem. Where would you even go to buy something like that on the internet? I don't know. Inter- but that's, that's, one of the, that's one of the theories know. that people say for that it's not. I it's, bet it's that just, someone's had an encounter with someone wearing contacts oh, at I'm some sure. point. I'm sure they have. I don't think it explains I'm sure they most have. of this. And finally, sub-theory three. These are nothing more than scary stories or creepypastas. Sure. And that goes without saying. I feel like that's a very likely, <laughs> yeah. it's like the Slenderman yeah. thing. So get to, what do you think? What do you, what do you think about the black eyed kids? It's like a it's that thing that I'm really intrigued by and it's super creepy so I sort of want it to be real but I don't see enough true evidence to support There's no evidence. There's like existence. absolutely no evidence. Besides these stories. Yeah, besides these stories. And you're But Melissa's that Brian Bethel, story, the guy that wrote the first story about them swears that yeah, it and his it really never happened. Changed. No, and he swears it happened to him. And maybe it happened to him and all these other stories were made up, just sort of, you know, pulling off of that. But your your Melissa's mom's story, yeah. I believe her, but there was I, no black eyes in that I know, story. I know. So, I don't know. I kind of lean towards uh, this in, is just in her defense, legend. I don't know if I would have asked to see the eyes of the kid no. or went up even close. No. 
so it's, it's weird that she looked up went looked down to grab the keys and looked up and she was gone yeah which is actually not a very common theme well the black eyed kids disappear go. all the time i mean they disappear usually they want to come in first though and yeah. they won't give up right away so that's sort yeah, because that one kind of gave up right away. Like she was like, "I'm getting my keys, hold on," yeah. and then she was yeah. gone. So that's kind of not in yep. line with it. But I, I'm leaning towards this is just an urban legend, albeit a very. It's like that the story of the dancing man. Yeah, I love that story, but <laughs> yeah. you know it's made up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and my final verdict is urban legend. Yeah, it, they don't exist. I hate <laughs> saying that because yeah. I, but I don't necessarily Men in Black. I'm fascinated I think that with could be men in black. Well, yeah. men in black, I'm fascinated with. Mm-hmm. I if they exist, whatever. But I don't want black-eyed kids to exist because that's well, I don't creepy. Want them to show and up on my doorstep. No, that's I think that's I'm going to be creepy. alone on Saturday, and so now <laughs> I'm sitting here thinking, what if my doorbell rings or they'll knock on my door? So I I, I got to go with urban legend. I'm it's like the men in black. There's a lot of good stories. Although men in black, there's a little more evidence. There's, there's like some the video. Photographic there's some photographic, too, yeah. but there's absolutely nothing for the black eyed kids. Well, and then people say there's no stories about people that let them in, but that could be because the people that let them in die. Yeah. They never, they're never heard from again. Yeah. Or they die. Yeah. So if any of our listeners, if you're not on Facebook, email us strain, the strain, is it strain sessions at gmail.com or the strain sessions? At I gmail? think the strain sessions. <laughs> I feel like we should <laughs> we never <know>. remember. <laughs> hold on i can look at my phone um we run a tight we run a tight ship here dang we need a we need an assistant or we do we need a social media assistant (laughs) we can't pay you though so you're more like an intern we give you a sticker and some (laughs) some some thai coconut roll chips no those are gonna be gone before we leave today yeah they will um we'll give you the stuff we really don't like you have some of that fish it's the strange sessions at gmail.com so if you're not on facebook and you've had an encounter with yes. a black-eyed kid email yes. us if you've had an encounter with a black-eyed kid email us if you are if on you facebook are, message us if you are a black-eyed kid show up at krista's house saturday <laughs> let her know what's going on ask to come in i feel like they don't use technology so they're probably not listening to podcasts probably not hmm. interesting <laughs> you never know you never know so yeah i'm i'm i love 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 the stories of black-eyed kids I but it's, it's like the men in black where i think it's great stuff but i can't I can't say, yeah, that exists. That's why that when that listener question la- last episode was, if you could learn the truth about anything, it, I think I said black-eyed kids because you, I already, I'm already you're convinced, convinced Bigfoot that they is don't real. Exist. <laughs> yeah, and so oh yeah, you convinced Bigfoot is I, real. Yeah, I don't need anyone to to tell me that. But this one, I'm like, just tell me if it's real or not, so I can move on. Yeah. So if you know anything about this, have any stories, please get back to us. Yeah, we'd love to hear it. And speaking of listener questions. Ooh, are we moving on to our anonymous questions? It is time for our, not. and by the way, oh, I, actually, wrote it down. I actually wrote this down now <laughs> because we realize a lot of you don't follow us on Facebook. the strangers in the strangers mm-hmm. group where we have it posted. So if you would like to ask us an anonymous question, you go to the website Q-O-O-H dot M-E slash strange sessions. All one word. Q-O-O-H dot M-E slash strange sessions. That's pretty cool. You can just ask us a question anonymously. It'll show up in our queue and we'll read it and answer it on the show. Several cars pulled in and did not. I I know this one. We'll do two because you and I are going to both have the same answer for this one. Oh, okay. I just know. I know that you and I are both going to have the same answer. This question asked by an anonymous listener is, would you rather... Oh, I hate these. 
Be haunted for five years or possessed for one week. Oh, haunted for five years. <laughs> totally haunted for five years. 100%. I'd rather be haunted for 10 years than be possessed for, for one week. For a day. Krista and I have this fear mm-hmm. of possession. possession, but I don't know if I'd say it. I, I don't fear it because I really, I don't think, really I could be don't think that I can right. be possessed. I really don't think I can be. But possession terrifies me. Possession freaks me out, but I also think that the way my mind is, it's so clamped down that I cannot be possessed. Yeah, I agree. I'm not issuing that as a challenge to anything out there. (laughs) Yes, let's put that out there. (laughs) But I don't think I can be possessed, but the thought of being possessed freaks me out more than being haunted. So terrifying. I've been haunted for five years when I lived in my old creepy apartment, so I can handle that. Yeah. I seriously can handle that. I I have not lived in a haunted house, but I would take that any day over something taking over my mind. The only thing that freaks me out worse than the idea of me being possessed is somebody that I care about being possessed. That's even worse. It is worse because you don't, A, you'd be horribly worried for that person, but you also would be a little bit afraid of that person. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like, am I talking to you? You gave me like a weird look when you said that. You had like your eyes open wide. Like, you were creepy. It would be really creepy. So, yeah, totally haunted for five years. Yeah. Make it 10. Done. I don't want anything to do with being possessed. 10 years haunting over one day possessed. Yeah. 10 years haunting and I'll even eat tins of that fish (laughs) rather than be possessed. Um, Time for one more question. strongly about being possessed. Yes. (laughs) Okay. Time for one more question. Oh, this is cute. Do either of you believe in magic slash witchcraft? P.S. I adore this podcast. Thank you. Um, do you believe in magic or witchcraft? Do you believe in magic? Um, in a young girl's, in a young girl's heart. Yeah. Um, I don't know. That's a really good question. I, years ago, I, I looked into and read a lot about Wicca. I did too. Um, I think Wicca's I had books really on interesting. It. Um, I don't know. I think there's something to be said about intention and putting your intention out there, which really is what magic witchcraft is. and magic yeah. is. It's putting an intention out there yep. and really believing in it. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. Magic in the form of like you can make stuff disappear and I don't know. I think most people who perform magic are literally just performers. I don't know if they're... I've yet to see an example of true organic magic. Or witchcraft, to be honest with you. But hmm. I think, I believe in like influence. Does that make that sense? That totally makes sense. I think you can influence things, yeah. but, and I think karma sort of plays into that yes. a little bit. Yeah. So yes and no. Yeah. Yeah. Because my <laughs> answer, my answer to that is yes, I do believe in magic or witchcraft, but I think it's not what... People, the movies portray. No, it's not what people think it is. I think right. it, like you said, it's influence. It's, I, you know, like I, think I it's feel way more subtle. Yeah, I, I, I know this is weird, but I feel that luck can be manipulated. I really do, and I don't know why I feel that, hmm. but I believe that's a type of magic. Okay, so can you like go into that a little bit? What do you mean luck? Just that you that there's some people who are luckier than others. Oh, I totally because agree with that. they are able to manipulate luck. They're able to manipulate the universe around them mm-hmm. to be more lucky, and I think that's a form of magic. I believe that. You know, like I believe and that's that, intention. I think yeah, you're putting that yeah. intention out into the universe. Yeah, but I believe you know like. There's a lot of people, and I'm not blowing my own horn here, but there's a lot of people that when they meet me, they're like, I instantly like you. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a type of magic. 
Yeah. I think that's like an aura. It's like a, and I believe that's a type of magic that we do whether or not we realize we do it. Yeah, I, I agree. I just had a memory all of a sudden pop into my head. Speaking of auras, this is so like, I'm digressing briefly here. It's okay. We digressed a lot. We tonight. have a new listener named Kristen. She's my coworker. Hey, Kristen. And she, and she's probably not even close to caught up. I think she's actually, no, she is listening to the strain sessions. Um, but she went to the eye doctor a few weeks ago and had her eyes dilated. And I was standing outside of her office talking to her. And she kept telling me, you have like an, a light blue aura gro- glowing all around you right now. And Joe from the podcast walked over and I'm like, well, what is Joe? I'm like, it's got to be your eyes. Yeah. Joe came and he's, she's like, no, he doesn't have anything. He doesn't even have an aura. So I'm like, I walked. I'm thinking we did all this stuff. And no, it was just me. She just saw a light blue aura like fuzzy glowing around my figure and i thought well if it's her eyes why wouldn't she see one around joe standing right next to me so that's strange that is strange but i believe that's a type of magic i think that i think that we all have our own individual types of magic and i think that like witchcraft i think that you are able to I think that's an empath thing too. Yeah, I agree. Your aura and I you agree. can influence how I people agree, feel. I agree, but I think you are able to control that to a point. Mm-hmm. And I think that's witchcraft. I don't know if anything I'm saying is making sense no, or not. I, I but I do believe in magic and witchcraft, but I don't think it's as... I think those terms are misleading. Yeah. I think it's very subtle. Yeah. It's a subtle thing. It's Yes, not, it's very subtle. But right. I, and I, do, I think that people have the wrong idea of what it is. Right. I think there's magic all around us in the world. I really do. And mm-hmm. I think that some people are able to tweak that or hack it or control it a little bit. Manipulate. That, yeah. Manipulate it. That, they, that that is witchcraft. And I love the idea. it's the only term you can come up with. I love the right? idea of white witches, witches that do good, good spells. I love that. I actually looked into that for quite mm-hmm. a while. But a lot of that is, a lot of that creeped me out because a lot of that is opening up yourself more than I feel like I'm comfortable opening myself. Right. Mm-hmm. So, but I, I do think it's possible. So I do believe in it. Well, and a lot of stuff that goes along with like that, the Wiccan religion is like believing in, I mean, it's a religion. They believe in things like goddesses, yeah. and you know, I, I love I love I Wicca I as a religion. That, I think I think Wicca is a great well, religion. Well, it's very earth based. It's, it's very earth based. You know, it's very good. It has that law of threes that anything you do bad to somebody else will come back to you three karma. times as bad, and that's yeah. karma. And that's karma is a force is magic. Mm-hmm. Karma is magic, and so. Well, and the reason I said empaths before because I feel like an empath isn't just. Um, absorbing and feeling other people it, people's emotions, I think you can influence. Yeah, other and that that is emotions. magic. That is being right. a magician to me. Yeah, you know, it's manipulating. You know, emotion. Yeah, but you know, when energy. You, you know, when you talk about magic, a lot of times people think David Blaine, like, oh, Pulling I made my thumb come off. Out of yeah, hat. yeah. So <laughs> levitating. I yeah. can't levitate. <laughs> no, I can't levitate either. But I do believe in magic. I do believe in witchcraft, and I think it's very subtle. But I think we are all very capable of doing it. It's just we lost the ability or it takes a lot of or we just don't notice it or we just don't notice it we're not paying attention but yeah i do believe in it cool so very good, good questions question. i like very that good questions so thank you so much guys yeah do we get anything else not that i can remember uh, oh yeah let's um tell them our social media because we're terrible at that <laughs> we are terrible so at we're that. on twitter and kurt still wants to um 
troll the person yeah. with our the name that we wanted. So we're Strange Session oh, that on just Twitter. Gnaws at me. That just gnaws at <laughs> it's me. Super annoying. That keeps me up at night. Um, and of course, we're the Strange Sessions on Instagram. And of course, you can find us on Facebook and join our group, The Strangers. If you want to. If not. We get it. We get it. I listen to a lot of podcasts and I'm not on their Facebook groups. <laughs> exactly. I, so. Yeah. So I totally get it. But tell your friends. Rate us on iTunes. But I will tell you that we have awesome people in The Strangers. Yeah, we do. I it's absolutely a really... love each and every person in there. They post such good stuff. Yeah. And and everybody's really respectful and they really are. nice. And I dread when we get that first person in there that sucks. Yeah, they're all. I seriously dread that. They're just getting kicked out. <laughs> That's when we're going to need to Don't make somebody an administrator and mm-hmm. have them get the ability to kick people out. And... Ooh, that'll be exciting when we have to get an administrator. I didn't, that's scary to think about it's getting that. It's got to be a friend that. of ours. It's got to be. Like a Rhonda or somebody. Yeah. <laughs> She's probably not on Facebook enough. This is a conversation for offline. It is a conversation <laughs> for offline. <laughs> <But> <laughs> so anyway, as always, thank you guys for listening. If you have any comments or anything, please get back to us. And please send your email for the contest to the strange sessions contest at gmail.com. And as always... Stay strange. This has been an Old School Media production, executive produced by Kirk Konechny. For more information and content, please visit strangesessions.com.